Welcome to the Repack presented by Acme Packing Company. I'm Justice Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Evan Tex Western. Say what's up, the people, Tex. Oh, what's up, everybody? It's time to have a drink. Yep. It's uh, <laughs> Tex is, is drinking. What, what are we drinking today? Um, Bourbon, I assume. Well, no, I'm, uh, I went with scotch because after all, we know when Aaron Rodgers likes to you know, wax poetic that he likes to pour a couple of fingers of scotch. So scotch something, and sipping tequila. Something. Some yeah, that's, that's it. I guess it depends on what kind of night he's having, but uh, for tonight, a very angry PD aired big scotch is uh, what I think is appropriate. Um, before we get into this game, if you're wondering what's going on with my voice, if it sounds any different, I'm used to it at this point. I got sick. I've been sick since Wednesday. It sucks. Don't get sick. <sighs> I've been sick like three times in like the last month. I can't believe it. Um, Green Bay Packers lost 16 to 20 to the Detroit Lions in a game. I had never really considered them losing. I know that sounds pompous. I know Lions fans are going to point at me. I'm retweeting all of them in my mind. Like you should bash me for thinking like this, <laughs> but I never seriously thought that this would be sustainable. I didn't think that defense was that good. Frankly, um, I know that defensive front can stop the run, but like they had problems in man coverage all year. I thought Christian Watson was going to be a solve there. I thought Jerry Goff, you could, if you pressured him, he wasn't going to look great. And up until that two minute uh, offense that they had, I think he had 60 yards in the entire game. Um, probably would have doubled that if they didn't uh, chokehold someone and slam him down on the flea flicker. Um, but that, that, that did happen. I mean, I was, I said at the halftime spaces, I'm not really worried about this Lions team unless they can keep putting points on the board and, you know, Goff gets a couple of these plays. Well, lo and behold, it only took two touchdowns from Jamal Williams to win this ball game. I mean, I know it's 2016, they got two field goals too, but the Packers only scored seven points in that entire second half. Um, it's hard to come away. I mean, I even think the defense did solid in this game. They, they, Certainly have been running more things in the past three weeks um, than they they ran at the beginning of the season. Uh, feels like they finally like were able to dip down into their playbook. Obviously, they couldn't stop uh, that final score in the fourth quarter, but it's hard for me to come away blaming the defense on this one other than some dumb penalties by Russell Douglas and uh, Quay Walker and Devontae White almost got into it too. Oh my god! I don't know if you saw on the Quay one. Yeah. Quay bumped the the uh, trainer, and then the trainer like stepped up to to Quay, and then White was like, "I got to back my boy up." No, you don't. <laughs> that guy's wearing a polo. You don't have to. Of guys, of, come on. of all the weeks in the NFL to not mess with medical personnel, this is not the week to do it, buddy. So I, I was pissed in the press. Uh, he was well, like, we got two of them. How did that yeah. happen? Yeah. I, I, oh my God. I still don't understand uh, why Russell felt the need to, I understand he wasn't flagged for it, but to mess with the ball so that they couldn't get the snap. Yeah. To, for, for the fake kick when you're trying to ice the guy, like just let it go. Let yeah. it go. Well, and, and LaFleur called the timeout with enough time left that the, I, I, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't understand why that was important enough for him to feel the need to to jump in the middle of that and, um, you know, create that opportunity for some some pushing and shoving and and we saw. I mean, Badgley hit, missed from what was it forty six earlier in yeah. that half. So who knows if that's another you know forty nine yarder? Maybe he misses that one too. And we're talking about a different situation at the end of the game. But um, no, I thought for the most part I agree with you. I think the defense played well up until. I don't know. I mean, it was, it was, they gave up the one big play on the bomb to Khalif Raymond, you know, early in the second half. And then, I mean, that, that set up the first touchdown. They hadn't given up really any big plays that entire game until that point. And then in the fourth quarter, it was the long drive that has, you know, had been a backbreaker against this team so many times in the first, like what, 10, 12 games of the season. You know, it was an eight minute drive, 13 plays, 70 or 75 yards that ends in a touchdown. And, um, that was when, obviously that was the go ahead drive for, for Detroit, but that, that was when it really felt like, oh crap, the wheels are starting to fall off. And now we have to rely on this offense to find a way to score a touchdown in five minutes. And just the, the 
the operation was not smooth. The, um, you know, Rogers had some, he had some, some good throws in the first half and then he had the bomb to Watson early in the second half. But it seemed like after that, uh, he was just off a little bit on everything. Um, or, you know, or, or his receivers were, were dropping balls. Uh, Dude, the him, just, him just, to Dobbs connection was terrible one. tonight. Just yep. not good. It I happened. had to look up the it, Dobbs stats. Yeah, I looked up the yeah. Dobbs stats. He's had one game of more than 36 yards since Buffalo. So that's before yeah. the first Lions game. That's not good. This no. is a guy that we're counting on being, I, I think now we're, at the point, I know we had talked earlier in the season about like what type of wide receiver do you add to this team and stuff like that. And do you maybe look at a tight end instead of a wide receiver? Because you look at the skill sets of Dobbs, who's supposed to be, you know, kind of the route runner guy. And then you look at, uh, you know, you look at Watson and he's supposed to be the speed guy that doesn't really leave that many roles available. Now I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't know if you can count on Dobbs being that wide receiver too at this point. So. Maybe you add some competition there in the offseason. I think at the end of the day, the offense just wasn't good enough, honestly. Yep. That's what it was. The Packers going on this run, right, since basically I think the Lions game, right, because the very next week was the Cowboys. Um, they'd averaged like 28 points a game since then, and they scored they scored 16 in this game. wasn't yeah. enough. It's just yeah. not enough to win ball games at the NFL level. Well, and you, you try to think back to – the the games that this that happened this season and in this last you know four week stretch the the four game winning streak none of those games were really decided by the Packers coming up with a score when they really needed one at the end of a game yeah Ram, I mean the Rams game the Dolphins game the Vikings game all those were the defense especially in that Miami game defense got big stops in the second half that they needed to they got the three picks in the fourth quarter right that was a a defense closing it out. Minnesota, you know, that was a blowout from the jump. So, so you can't, you know, there was no real crunch time for the offense, but you know, really there was one or two instances this entire season, the Dallas game being one of them. And I guess maybe new England, I guess that yeah. you're, that you got the offense to, but that you points I feel like even new England in crunch time. And yeah, and that, like it that one's it's a, overtime. So you, someone has right. to score to win. So, know? so really it's, it's the one game against Dallas where, where yeah. you got crunch time points from the offense to win a game. That's that's simply not good enough. Yeah. And it's not like the Lions, again, if you take that Khalif Raymond long shot uh, off the board, and I know that's a tricky thing to do, right? But they end up having something like 170 passing yards on 33 attempts uh, for the game, and their leading receiver is RB2, DeAndre Swift. It's hard to come up with a better game plan than that on the defensive yeah. side. That's why I don't know. Are they going to can Joe Barry? I honestly don't know at this point. I, I've never yeah. felt more 50-50. I've definitely leaned <laughs> one way or the other in terms of like, not even just like my opinion, but like the temperature check. Yep. I have no idea right now. I mean, maybe it just depends on who becomes available, right? We've seen Fangio might be linked to Sean Payton, right? And then yep. obviously there's an, clear connection between Fangio and Harbaugh. So who knows what happens with that? seems like Denver wants to keep Evero, but is that what's going to happen if Harbaugh takes the job, right? Like there are all those things to come into factor. So I don't know. Um, Leonard's still out there. I think he's still yeah. an option, but I guess we'll see. I mean, yeah. maybe, that's yeah. the weird thing is like you look at this team and you're like, all right, maybe they don't make a change at, at DC. Okay. Maybe they don't do anything at wide receiver. Okay. Well, what the, what the heck are they going to do? They got to do something. They went eight and nine. They were the, I think they were the heaviest favorites to win their division in the NFC, and they went eight and nine. You got to do something. Yep. So, well, if you put a gun to my head, I think Barry's gone. If you if you make me, you know, guess one way or the other, I think they're. I think he's gone. I think the, you know, the three game stretch after the bye, he he unquestionably got more creative and got um you know got better results out of his guys and had a had a much more uh effective and creative game plans for those those three games coming out of the bye but if you look at the total body of work i just don't think it's there and i i yeah. think ultimately i think the uh that they're going to make a change and especially if 
you know, if Leonard has, if there's any real substantial interest on Leonard's side from, from coming to green Bay, um, I think they probably make that move. And I think I would make that move if I were, if I were in charge. So we'll see. So, so much of this is weird because it again comes back to learning curves and where you are in your title window, right? Like Rogers talked about it in the post-game presser. Um, obviously they asked him about retirement. If you haven't seen the video yet, Jamison Williams, who was the first round pick uh, wide receiver out of Alabama for the Detroit Lions, basically asked Rogers for a jersey exchange because I guess last time uh, they had played when they were in Detroit, Rogers told him like he was going to get him a jersey. Jamison is cashing that check, and Rogers is like, actually, yeah. I I kind of want to keep this one. Um, so obviously <laughs> that spurs discourse immediately. Rogers goes up there, super noncommittal about anything involving retirement. I mean, he kind of explained his process, but if you're watching it and you think a hundred percent, he's retired a hundred percent. I mean, even 80%, I, I, I think you're wrong in either direction. I honestly believe if, if he doesn't, if he does know, he's not letting us know right. because he knows, you know, we'll, you give us an inch, we'll go a mile. I mean, that's what we do. Um, but he was talking about, you know, some of these guys leaving and how that can, impact if he's going to go or not just because he wants to be around these guys like Cobb uh, Mercedes Lewis was brought up even Bakhtiari which is a big 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 one right um I mean think about it from the defensive side if you're changing your scheme you're back year one brand new scheme again so if it's a one-year window right which that's what we're doing at this point it's year to year with Rodgers right I don't know that's could be a tough ass that's why I'm like all this stuff needs to get realigned. Like everything needs to be put together. Like there needs to be a window. There needs to be a plan. And right now it just seems like everything is just year to year. And I just don't know how long you can keep that going. Yep. Well, and it's, it's tough too, because with the coaching stuff, you've got to make those decisions quickly. You know, Rogers yeah. has, has two, three months to, to figure out what he wants to do, you know, by the start of, free agency or you know because that's around the time that his roster bonus stuff starts to kick he in. brought that up too is is yeah. March. he's like i'm not gonna i know when free agency starts it's gonna be you know by then but uh, yeah i yep. mean they have to you go to the senior bowl and stuff and you're seeing coaches with binders handing them out to everyone that's at the very end of january yep and it's like last chance to get on a coaching staff so yeah yeah so now something's if if the hammer is going to drop on Barry, it's obviously got to happen in the next couple of days uh, at the yeah. at the very least um, for for that. Reason. And I think so. I think it's going to be a lot of things, too. Like Leonard is going to be a hot name. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. the college window, at least as of now, has kind of closed. Right. I don't know how many, I haven't looked it up. I don't know how many defensive coordinator jobs are open in college football. Maybe Harbaugh leaves takes his DC Michigan opens up and like, that's something that they could do. I Wisconsin fans just groaned. I know that. <laughs> um, but I mean, there's not that many ops, you know, at the college level. So if yeah. he's not going to get a look by green Bay, like how many other teams that you want to be with an established coach that you have a relationship with, are you going to want to look like Cleveland's going to open up pretty obviously, but outside of that, how many DC spots? So I don't know. Things are going to have to move, move pretty quick. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch. I, yeah. they feel kind of rudderless right now, at least in terms of the direction that they're going. I mean, they could easily go one way or easily go the other way to me. And it seems like right now they're just floating in the water. Yep. Yeah. And we, we probably won't know for, for a while yet. Like I said, aside from the DC decision, you know, we'll, I'm sure Rogers will, will take us, take his time next like eight weeks or so. But um, like I said, at least there's a, at least there's a clear end timeline for, for when, you know, they have to make this decision on him and in 2023. Yeah. How do we just in general feel losing to the lions? feels like it sucks, but it feels like they deserve the win. And yeah, I like Dan Campbell. I like that. They're not running like the meta offense in the NFL because it's boring when everyone's just running stretch and boot. And I love Jamal. That's it. Yep. That's all I need. Yeah. My, uh, I'll probably be my, rooting for this team in the playoffs. It's hard for me to hate the Lions. Yeah. The Packers at one point were like 21-1 and one against the Lions in Lambeau in my lifetime. I can't hate this team. 
they've been through so much and and lions fans just in general have have dealt with so much crap um from that franchise over the last what not not even just the last couple decades like really going back like 50 60 years when you really think about it um you know they've had multiple hall of fame players retire early because they were so sick of losing right um so i i do you know i i hope that as much as I can hope that an NFC, another NFC North team has some success, um, I do, you know, hope that Lions fans get to see some, some halfway decent winning teams. And, and like you said, Campbell seems like a, a great guy to play for. He clearly has his, his guys motivated and they are, you know, they, they really respect him and, and the, the style of leadership that he brings. Um, so yeah, he, they, they bit some kneecaps off today. It sucked, <laughs> but. Cause yeah, it's at the same time, right? Like I don't, I don't feel mad about losing to them. I feel just disappointed that the the season is over and that, you know, it yeah. kind of happened this way. But, you know, if, if this were, if this game happened against like the Vikings, for example, yeah, that would be, would, a, yes. that would be, I would be livid about, about that happening. Um, if it happened against the bears, I would be livid for a very different reason, but, um, but yeah, I can't I can't bring myself to hate the Lions and I never have. I have a good story about Lions trauma if we want to go there. My <laughs> my buddy it. my buddy does backflow testing uh up here in Portland, right? And he's he worked for Joey Harrington for like 3 4 years. <laughs> he hadn't he you know, he's doing it in his house and stuff like that. He had no idea he played football. Nothing <laughs> in his house. Nothing in his house that would give him a hint. That he was ever a Detroit Lions first round pick. Oh, wow. that was funny. Who the hell was Kirby Joseph? Oh my! Why God. is he ruining my seasons? Oh. He got two picks against Green Bay the first time around. Rogers said, "What was it like?" I can't remember. Like Merry Christmas or something. He said something like that to him or so. I can't remember. Yeah. And then Joseph had another would be pick and then an actual pick in this matchup. This guy just zooms out of nowhere and just picks Roger ball, Rogers balls. He hasn't had any pick other than against Rodgers this season. What the hell? Oh my god! What is That's this? A, good lord! That, I I remember kind of being being on him a little bit in the draft process. I mean, he ended, ended up being a third round pick um, this season, but like out of Illinois, so Illinois didn't do anything last year. So pretty much a, a no name unless you really got deep into. You know, deep into I the, did not the watch draft him. research and stuff, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, he had looking up. He had he had five picks as a senior, so he kind of jumped down to the scene a little bit in his his last year. But, um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't know how this this happens, right? Like, it seems like there's every once in a while there's a a player that just is our kryptonite, and uh, Kirby Joseph yeah, Kirby, is like. When when Bears fans look at Randall Cobb's eyes, his green <laughs> eyes, and they're like, "Oh no, oh no, he's coming again." That yeah. has to be what it feels like. Oh man, yeah, it's uh, it's Kirby Joseph. It's maybe like a what is it like like a Fred Warner for San Francisco? Oh, yeah, you know the the only I guess Packers got him once with uh, the one the one throw over his head that that Rogers made, but that was. Yeah. yeah, that was in a loss anyway. So, um, I will say, ugh. not going against San Francisco. I was holding out hope we beat Minnesota twice in three weeks. Yeah, losing to San Francisco and Brock Purdy would probably hurt me because <laughs> I've been on record <laughs> saying I'm not afraid of Brock Purdy. He's yeah. Mr. Irrelevant rookie quarterback in the playoffs. I'm not scared of him. So if we would have had this performance against that team Oof. and just not been able to score against San Francisco back-to-back years to end the playoffs, like that would have hurt a whole lot more than this one. I'm happy they let me down like this. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. And, I mean, obviously it comes with a, a little bit of a better draft pick along with it too. So that's a uh, a mild benefit. So looks like they'll be, what, they'll be drafting 15th, yep. I think, overall. That's last so, I saw. Yeah, so they'll be the highest pick since, uh, since Rashawn Gary back in 2019. And that's right where like a there's a teardrop. Yeah. So you should one that I mean it's a negative that probably I mean think about like last year, right? There were all those trades at like 13, 14, and then it's like 
the Texans take Kenyon Green the 14th, and you're like, what the hell? How did that happen? Yeah. And like Kyle Hamilton and Jordan Davis had just come off the board, right? Like really, really clear tier cutoff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably where we're going to end up picking in this draft. But the good thing of that is you kind of get to pick your position at that point, right? If if there's a teardrop, then you're like, okay, let's fill the need then if all of these things are relatively equal. Yep. I think it's safety. I don't know if there's a safety worth taking there. I know there's a couple in this draft class. I think I'm rooting safety or mayor at this point. If like yeah. I'm assuming the top pass rushers go off the board, Tyree Wilson, like that guy should be a guy who's in the conversation for the top five, in my opinion. I know he's getting mocked somewhere around Green Bay sometimes on some boards. Everything's still very early draft complex at this point. So yeah. it's hard hard to pick a favorite. If um, if there is a teardrop right there, I mean, is this a is this an opportunity where they go up and they do try to make a move, you know, move up to ten for for somebody that they really like. The thing is, if they who, move who up, would I that think be? they're going to move up for like a pass rusher or something, and yeah. people will pull their hair out, right? Because <laughs> there's what one wide receiver at the top that because I've mentioned this on Twitter, you know, people are like, "Who do you want out of these players?" And it's like running back Bijan Johnson from yeah. Texas. They're not going to do that. And then another option was Jordan Addison, who's he's listed in the one seventies. Yeah, Green Bay is not taking that receiver. They're not going to. Nope. That goes against everything that they've done for 20 years. It's just not going to happen. So I don't buy that. Um, nope. Maybe they trade up and like lock down Quinn Johnston. And they're like, yeah, we got a receiver. All right, moving on. But <laughs> that's the only thing that yeah. really comes to mind. And, and we've talked about that a little bit. And that just, that seems highly unlikely now. I don't know. Like you said, maybe, yeah. maybe they don't. You know, maybe Dobbs' play the, the second half of the season makes you think that he's not the guy and you do need another um you know, need another receiver there. But I do still tend to agree with you that the bigger impact player would be somebody like Mayer at tight end. What is the so we got the three spot in the NFC North, right? Yep. So the other three teams are the teams that finish third in the NFC or Yeah, so the the Packers and the NFC North play the entire NFC South division this in 2023. Uh, that's, a, AFC, that's a nice pull. Yeah. That, Especially that post-Brady right. Tampa. That would, yep. that'd that'd be, be good. That'd be good. Uh, then you get the AFC West. Less good. Way less uh, good. Well, oh, yeah. You get, like, are we going to Vegas? There's, there's, yes, we're going to Vegas. I might make that game. That that could be highly entertaining. So, yeah, the Mark road Davis games. This week, did you see what he said? No. He, he's mad visiting fans are coming into Vegas <laughs> and stealing the atmosphere. That's the whole point of Vegas. That's why. Yeah. That oh was the God. whole point. Mark, Good are you Lord. kidding me? Yeah. So they get, they get the Raiders and Broncos on the road and then they get the chiefs and chargers at home. So if you're going to have a home road split with the AFC West, that's the way to do it. Get the two good teams at home. And then your third place teams that you get are the Rams from the NFC West. That game's going to be at Lambeau. So that'll be, Four games at Lambeau in four years for the Rams. And that <laughs> might be post McVay, post Stafford, yep. like yep. XFL roster. Right. And then you got away games against the Giants from the NFC East and the Steelers from the AFC North. So two uh two of those three are, you know, above five hundred teams, but you know, what are those teams, you know, what are the Giants and Steelers gonna be? Yeah. So it's a decent schedule. Better than this year, I think. Yeah. I don't know if it's still true now, but their strength of schedule um, at one point was only second to the Lions. If uh, I remember all the tiebreakers and stuff correctly. I'm trying to get to Tankathon as fast as possible if you hear me clicking around. Okay, that's no longer true. So Washington's ahead of them. Detroit's ahead of them. But I mean, no you team, think about no the... team who made the playoffs played a harder schedule than them other than Miami, if I'm looking at this right. And that was with the crazy rest deferential stuff, right? Where yeah. they're playing five games in five, five weeks in five stadiums. They're coming off of a bye, but playing the Rams on a mini bye. They're turning around from London, right? All that stuff. Like we knew in terms of the schedule, and this is not yeah. to make excuses. The Packers had all summer and stuff to prepare for this and you do whatever. Some team's going to get screwed going into the season every single year, but the Packers had the worst rest deferential coming into the season and had the crazy SOS. So 
hopefully, you know, the easy games, right, we thought were the Patriots, the Giants, the Commanders, right, that that little yeah, three-game stretch. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like, yeah, those teams all ended up either in the playoffs or in the playoff mix at the very yep. least. So, Yeah, so, right, this year, right, it was the AFC East and the NFC East. NFC East, every team was 500 or better. Um, plus you get the one seed and and three total playoff teams out of the, the NFC East. And then, like you said, AFC East, all those teams were still, you know, sniffing around at the end. So, um, yeah, hopefully this will this will set up a little bit better for for next season. And like I said, I think the the home road splits with the AFC West teams in particular, um, I think, are a positive. Plus, you get Tampa and New Orleans at home next year, so you don't have to go to Tampa. Um, and then you get a you know a dome team in New Orleans coming into Lambeau as well. So, um, I guess the one other schedule thing for for 2022 that I want to just mention is can we officially close the book and say that not taking the buy after the London game was a mistake? Yeah. Also <laughs> throwing that hill. I mean, how different does yeah. the season look if you don't oh, throw that oh my ridiculous hell Mary and Rogers bust a stump? Like, yep. Yeah. He dealt with it in this game where you could see he got hit on, I can't remember which play, but then they show the sideline. He's under that big old coat and he's just rubbing his thumb and you're like, mm-hmm. It happened again. He re-aggravated it for like the third or yeah. fourth time this season. So, yeah, I mean, that's got to suck. Oh, um, Last thing I want to touch on before we get into the vibe checks. The Chicago Bears hold the first yeah. overall pick in the NFL draft. I want to read off all of the first-round picks that uh, that the Bears have made since 2009. 2009, no pick. 2010, no pick. 2011, Gabe Karimi. 2012, oh, no, Shane I, McClellan. I got a I got a Gabe Karimi story. I got a uh, I got a hug Go from him it. at the 50 yard line of Camp at Camp Randall um, when Wisconsin beat Ohio State when Ohio State was number one in 2010. So Wisconsin that was beat cool. Ohio State. That that it's happened. I'd never know. Yeah. 2013, Kyle Long medically retired. 2014, Kyle Fuller no longer playing for the team. 2015, Kevin White. May Oof. not have ever played a snap for them. <laughs> 2016, Leonard Floyd, who was traded and had a much better career elsewhere. 2017, Mitch Trubisky, second overall ahead of uh, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> 2018, Roquan Smith traded this past offseason. 2019, no pick. 2020, no pick. 2021, Justin Fields. 2022, no pick. I cannot believe the gall of people today. Already, before the Bears even officially got the first overall pick to go out and be like, they should move it around and turn it into more assets. No, they need to get on base. Are you are you guys crazy? Uh, and I think the last I think the last first overall pick traded for was the golf selection. So that, that was way back right. in like 2016. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say 2016. Yeah. I think there's a better mm. chance of the team trading Justin Fields than trading the first overall pick. And if they trade Justin Fields to draft, because I think it's Levis. Levis is going to be the first guy taken, I think, oh in this draft. God. He's the quarterback. That's the guy that all these NFL guys like. If they do that, one, oh my God. people talk about these rookie contracts and all that stuff. Not only are you going to have to eat the dead cap for Justin Fields' contract, Justin Fields has lower uh, salary cap hit this year or next year on his contract than Levis will have on the first year of the first overall pick deal. Right. So that's, you know, strike one. Yep. Strike two, you already developed fields. What are you going to do other than just restart the clock and just say, Hey, that year didn't count by the way. I mean, that's all you're doing is just covering your ass and saying that that year didn't count by the way, which not true. You had as many draft picks and cap assets as anyone else. I know you had to get over some stuff, but (laughs) Come on. Uh, I just don't I don't like GMs just buying themselves more time. It's right. like the Chris Ballard thing. He's just sitting on cap space <laughs> for 10 years and just never gets criticized ever. Everyone just says he's a smart guy for never spending anything. And it's like, great. You never win anything either. It's just always put hashtag potential down the line. Yeah. Well, if if somehow it's not a quarterback, right? Is is there is there another guy who at a different position who could feasibly go number one besides one could of the go? Yeah. I don't think anyone would trade up for it, but yeah. Right. Uh, 
Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle right. out of Georgia. Georgia. Um, and then Will Anderson, the pass rusher out of Alabama. I think those are the two non-quarterbacks who are going to go super early in the draft. Gotcha. Uh, uh, it'll be fun to see how they mess it up. Don't do it. Just take one of those two guys. Yeah. It's that simple. Don't mm-hmm. overthink the quarterback thing. It's I, I joke today. Rookie, rookie contract yeah. quarterbacks. It's about having a quarterback. <laughs> and you might have one. Help him. I joked today that it would be really funny to me uh, as someone who lives in Columbus if uh, if they jettisoned Justin Fields and then took C.J. Stroud instead. Just go from, from one, one Ohio State quarterback to another and, and be let down yet again. Then hire Ryan Day <laughs> after that. It's the way you got to go. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we'll get into the vibe checks. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we're back. All right, offensive side of the ball. Pretty bad, dude. It was it was rough. It I was not pleasant today. At I don't all. know what we're gonna do anymore. Cause so they could stop the run, right? And they were focusing on stopping the run by their defensive alignment. They were like, We do not want you to be able to consistently run the ball. Um Jones got a couple good runs on him and Dylan had a couple, you know, first down conversions in short yardage situations, which he's gonna get. But outside of that, they weren't really able to make him pay. And no. the Lions had all these backup corners in. Yeah, you had well, and then you the the offensive line just didn't seem to to get a whole lot of push. Uh, Nyman got benched because I don't know if that was an injury thing with him. He's not a hundred percent, but he gave up two big sacks to to Hutchinson early on in the first half, and got one of them for was Tom co, co- uh, sack allowed by John with Runyon. Runyon. Yeah, John Runyon, Runyon kind of shut him tee off. Yeah, 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 he tried to tee off and got him off of his spot. But I mean, I think that was a that was a good adjustment, at least by the coaching staff, to recognize that Nyman just you know wasn't wasn't getting it done, and and you've got a guy in Tom who who you can put out there and and give yourself a chance. But again, like I don't know if it was the thumb thing, but Rodgers didn't look right in the second half. Um, you said the running game just just didn't really click. Um, it was bad. And and Rogers said after the game too, like they asked him about what what happened on offense, and he was he was real vague, and he was like, "Well, I don't want to get into specifics, but like it was the same the same issues we've been having all season. This is this is week eighteen, like you've and you've got a offensive coaching staff that for the most part has all been together for the last four years. I understand if you've got young players that there's if there's miscommunications or things that are that are going on, but by this point, it's the last week of the season." That kind of stuff's got to have itself ironed out by now, if especially if you have any designs on making any noise in the playoffs, right? Like this is that's unacceptable for for the same issues to be popping up, whatever those are at this point. Um, this is yeah. like when I talked to Arif and Arif was talking about the whole hand signals thing, right, and how that was a big deal and the athletic article and all that stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. They should probably learn the hand signals. Like it, that was just like my yeah. entire day. It's like <laughs> at some point they're gonna have to learn them. Like yep. I don't know. Um, it's gonna be weird to see what this offense looks like mo- moving forward, especially the the tight end position is the one I'm really circling. I know I know wide receiver. We're all gonna be looking at you know Lazard's gonna be a free agent. Cobb's gonna be a free agent. There are three guys or 
Is Bo Milton under contract? I don't even know. Uh, he was a draft pick, so he must be, I think. I don't know. They got him off the practice squad from Seattle, so he might be just on a on a one year. So they'll hit him with deal. a. We'll see. They'll hit him with a. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we'll see with yeah. that. But the three guys for sure under contract are are Watson, Dobbs, and Toure. Um, obviously, you're going to need to add more to the wide receiver room at some point. The question is, how big of swings are you willing to take there? Tight end, it's like if Tanya and Lewis go, Deguara can't handle inline tight end full time. No. Sure not, Tyler Davis. I'll tell <laughs> you that. So. Tight end is the one I'm circling this offseason being like, how do we how do we solve this? Yeah. How do we solve this problem? Because if they come back, that's it is what it is. Um, but if they don't, that's when I start having big old question marks. Cause yeah. those guys have been really steady for them, even though they haven't had a ton of production. I was gonna say, I, I don't think Bob did himself a ton of favors this year with his play in terms of you know getting a big paycheck and free agency this offseason. So I could see him potentially coming back to to Green Bay yeah. on a you know a modest ish. He has contract. talked to and what was it with the Bussin' with the Boys mm-hmm. podcast? The like Taylor Lewan, um, forgetting the linebacker. He played for Washington. I forget his name. Um, but he talked about like you know he really he he went into last year when he got hurt with the ACL, going like the mindset of like need to get money, need to get big contract, stuff like that. And now he's kind of in the mindset of like, I need to be somewhere where uh, we're winning ball games, right? And stuff like that. So I guess that then hinges on, the, is Rodgers coming back? Or not? Uh-huh. Yeah. Back to the big question. Uh, I don't know. I thought they were piss poor today um, yeah. on the offensive side. Yep. Give me like four out of ten. Three, Roger, three, Rodgers four, made some man. throws. They yeah. couldn't figure out how to run at all nope yeah and off it's, of the will of jones alone was the only reason that they were able to kind of move forward well and, and mentioning jones also too, the red like, zone we haven't even mentioned the red zone oh god they're terrible yeah, in the see. red zone bring hackett back again yeah <laughs> having so, just drop red zone plays and have guys go in motion what just, happened to having guys go in motion at the goal line i don't i don't understand and and so much shotgun from inside the like the 10 yard line on goal to go situations why, why won't you just go under center once or twice? See see what happens. All these damn shotgun draws and, and shotgun runs just, just drive me crazy. So, I don't know. Um, ESPN Stats and Info. Quay Walker is the only player mm. in the last 15 years to be kicked out of a game multiple times in a single, se- a single season. Ah, rookies. That's I love them. It's not great. Yeah. Yikes. And both for for shoving people who are not players, <laughs> who yeah. are members of the other team's organization. Um, not a good look. Oh, I'm just looking at the drive chart right now. The Packers had opportunity. I mean, they had three and goal series, and they came away with three points on those three. <laughs> it's bad. Also, since we're on the offense, all these things are just coming back to me like war flashbacks. Yeah. The fuck was that on Lazard jet motion stuff? <laughs> yes, I was just going to get to that too. That, oh my God, burn, burn that page, page from the playbook. He's never done that for us before. Yeah. Ever. I, I think I remember. Twice like, in the first quarter. Yeah. I, I, I vaguely feel like I remember like a, two or three instances in his first like three, three four his seasons. career that high he's done in that. a single season is three carries. He got two <laughs> carries in the first quarter. I haven't seen them run jet motions just straight into the teeth of a defense since Geronimo Allison. I thought we were beyond this. I thought we were beyond this. Yeah. Well, we talked, about it. It, we talked at halftime too, but that and then the throw it to Tunyon five yards short of the sticks and – have him try to make a guy miss in space. Those two plays need to be taken out of the playbook forever. Yeah. Not good. No. Not good. This offense, they need to take a long look at the mirror at themselves. They yeah. have to be able to use motion. Mm-hmm. If they don't, they're just reduced to, can we run the ball? If you go against a team like Detroit, it turns into, okay, can we RPO you? And then that's it. Well, and so many of the the couple of handful of good plays that the Packers had tonight were, you know, getting Watson in space laterally, 
right? They were getting him in motion. They were, you know, he had a couple of jet sweeps where he picked up some yards and then scheming those touches for him when he's coming across the formation, either on play action or, um, you know, on, on jet motion and stuff like that. So, um, just use that some more, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Why do they even run it with Lazard though? Like if yeah. you wanted to use Watson running deeper outs off of a fake or something like that and, you're trying to set that up and having someone else run motion. Couldn't Dobbs do that? Couldn't Cobb do that? Yeah. Those guys are probably both faster right now than Lazard. I know yeah. Dobbs is at least. I don't know. Doesn't make any sense to me. Um, defense. Devontae Wyatt? A thing. Yes. I think it's we, we embarrassing can... that it took him this long to see. Oh the field. my God. It really sucks. Like Dean Lowry obviously couldn't play. Then. Um, TJ Slayton and Wyatt get more reps, and you're like, yeah, that dude was the fourth best defensive end, probably fifth best defensive lineman on the team, and he was playing like sixty percent of snaps starting every single week. That sucks. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the the frustrating part is we we said it for weeks and weeks and weeks. <laughs> Give this guy some snaps. Um, and and why they. I don't know. I, I I hope we get some sort of answer sometime in this offseason. I'm sure we won't, but um, it would be nice to know what it is that was happening that they thought that that Lowry deserves to start over Wyatt at this point. Also, hang the banner for Jonathan Ford. 17, <laughs> 17 games, for 17. 17 inactives. Yep. We did it. We did it. Um, I saw all these graphics coming into this game. There's been a thing for like analytics Twitter for some reason being like, why do you think the Lions' offensive line is any good? Because the stats aren't great? Like, I think PFF doesn't have them ranked super high, and I think the shoulder pad chip stats are super low, but I don't think the shoulder pad chips matter at all, frankly. Um, <laughs> Preston Smith had a – I think we brought it up at the, the uh, halftime spaces – had maybe one shot. At Jared Goff the entire game. Um, Kingsley Barre just missing. He's been having a really good season. Justin Hollins has kind of given this defensive line a little bit more life. Um, didn't really see anything of him. Like nope. those tackles yeah. were pretty shut down. It was really the interior you could kind of beat up a little bit on, but the bookends were really good in this game. Yeah. I mean, Su- Sewell's awesome. Taylor Decker's still a, a really solid left tackle, and Packers got nothing out of their edge group today. Yeah. Any, <laughs> any little bit of, it, any little bit of push that they had in the pocket was due to Clark and Wyatt and Jaron Reed. Yeah. The Packers also ran, we talked about this on the halftime spaces too. They ran a mint front for the, I think it's the first time in, in Barry's uh, under Barry as the defensive coordinator. So a mint front, think of the base three, four, right? You get three defensive linemen, two edge rushers, two off ball linebackers. When they're nickel, a slot comes off the bench or an extra DB comes off the bench uh, now, because you know Savage is moving from safety to slides, not taking a slot off the bench like when they used to have Nixon or whatever Douglas doing it. Um, that guy comes off the bench. You have to take a guy off. Usually, it's an interior defensive lineman. Well, they run their penny right, which is you take the inside linebacker off instead of the interior defensive lineman. And now they have Mint, which is what Bama, Georgia, I think Michigan's running it now. Like you're seeing it. A, a lot of places in, in college football. Um, and you're basically replacing one of the edge rushers with that outside guy. So you, there were times in this game where, you know, uh, the lines are lining up in these tight condensed uh, formations and the slot who's actually Ennis Gaines in this game um, would actually, you know, line up at outside linebacker basically in a three, four look, which they have never, ever, ever, ever done that before. Yeah, I noticed it on, I think it was the very first drive when, um, you know, they were running that and it was, it was Clark and, uh, Clark, Reed and Slayton, I think. And, and it was Reed out at five tech, Clark at three tech on the same side, then Slayton at one tech on the other side of the, the center and Preston as the edge on, on the Slayton side. Um, and then, yeah, the, the Campbell and Walker as the two off ball linebackers. And, and yeah, I think I, I, I bugged you. I'm like, wait, what, what am I seeing here? <laughs> yeah. It's, guess it's, funky. it was, it was a, it was definitely a new, a new look. And um, 
it seemed to be working for a good portion of the first half because the the Lions rushing offense didn't really get anything moving until the second half. Yeah. Um, they pretty well shut him down until halftime. So I don't know. I mean, again, it, I'm glad to see that they were basically throwing the kitchen sink out there in terms of formations and alignments and personnel groupings and things. Cause you know, it, it, it's a, it it was the time for it, but um, yeah, just, I don't think the defense played poorly overall. They just, there were, there were moments, right? I mean, it was, it was the, it was the one bomb to Khalif Raymond. And then it was one long sustained drive that they just could not get off the field. And when the offense isn't playing well and isn't putting up points, that's, you know, that's really all it takes. Okay. To be devil's advocate here, right? Joe Barry came in 2021. What do we see at the very fighting? I'm fighting. What do we see at the very beginning? We saw very basic coverage scheme, very yep. basic fronts, right? I mean, for the most part, up until the end of the season last year and the end of the season this year, we got their three, four front, their penny front, their nickel front, and then three safety dime more so last year than this year, right? Yeah. And really and, only on like third and super long. And we see stuff, right? Evolve by the end of the year. Yeah. But it seems like because of the young guys, we start from square one again every single season. Yeah. And if we go to a new defensive coordinator, we're starting at square one, right back at it. And yeah. these guys have never played a game in that scheme before, and they're not going to play in the preseason, right? We saw it with the offense the beginning of the season. We were at square one. It was just like, hey, Pony, we're running half of our stuff out of Pony, right? Yeah. And it was just like this offense has been figured out within three weeks in the NFL. Now you have to evolve. They go through the growing pains of all that stuff until Watson becomes a man-beater, basically. That's what I'm worried about at D.C. If you do bring Rodgers back, because then you have two totally divorced timelines, right? right. Rodgers comes back. He's thinking title, 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 title. You're building the team. And the aspiration of title, 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 you're probably moving cap forward. And then defensively, from a coaching perspective, you're at square one. That's yeah. that's my big worry. That's where I'm just like, this team just needs linear direction. I don't I don't care. I don't even really have an opinion which direction it should go. I just want it to go in a direction. I don't want it splitting off. Because I don't think they're gonna do anything if it splits off. Yeah. Yeah, and I, it's where does that direction come from, right? Does that does that come from the does that come from all the way at the top? Is that a is that a is that fundamentally like a Mark Murphy decision? Is that a Goody decision? Like, well, head coach and GM both report to Go or both report to Murphy at this point. So right, so, that probably has to be Murphy, who's like one foot out the door. Doesn't he have like one or two years before he retires? Yeah, I think uh, mandated retirement age is like seventy as as Packers president or something like that, and he's only which got I don't know left. how they can get I don't know away with that. I feel like that's I, illegal. Isn't there like age discrimination or something? I don't know. I don't know how I don't know. stuff works. Yeah, some sort of private organization bylaws or some some BS. I don't know. But like but. so so Goot. Now we're on a tangent, but I want to make this point. Goot and Lafleur both said during the bye week, which is the only time Goot's met with the press. Since training camp, I've ever mm-hmm. since final cuts, I mm-hmm. should say. Um, they both said emphatically they want Rodgers back while at the same time saying we've seen enough out of Jordan Love to make the decision on the fifth year option. What does that mean? Do they think they can chain him? <laughs> like, do they think they can be win now mode with Rodgers for one year and then immediately go into win now mode with Jordan Love, who at that point he's on a fifth year option, which is going to pay him a decent amount of money? Then yep. you have either the franchise tag option or signing into a crazy contract because every quarterback is getting a crazy contract. Like, what are we doing? I don't I don't really know what the plan is. No. No. I don't think we will. I don't think we'll know. We certainly won't know clearly for for quite a while. Yeah. Hey. This is the last Mason game, yeah. It's gotta be. It has like, to be. And it's gonna suck because I'll be looking at the possession chart again, but if I'm not mistaken, his last kick, well, his last field goal attempt, if this is the last game, is going to go down as the one that hit the crossbar and bounced back out. I don't know. Kind of fitting. But for the end of it, like, 
Yeah, well, that's I mean, who he was at the end. He's he squeaked the the two long, you know, yes. the forty eight and the forty nine yarders just over that crossbar. So I laughed at the touchback that dribbled <laughs> into the back of the end zone. It was like a squib that rolled all the way back. They just couldn't field it. Yep. I think I think it's. I mean, they have two guys on the practice squad, and they didn't elevate him this week. If they bring him back on futures contracts, that kind of tells you yep. where their mindset is. You know, yeah. That's another so. thing to watch is futures and, and, contracts moving forward. And he's got an ex- – Crosby's expired – their contract expires yeah. after this year. So he would be a free agent. They would have to actively sign him back to the roster, um, not like this you know, this year where he had one year left on his deal. So I kind of um, think they would have gotten rid of him if it wasn't for, like, he's going to break all these records, right? Like, he broke Brett's record. Yep. He hit that – he hit that – what was it, the Patriots? The field goal against the Patriots? I can't remember. He hit mm-hmm. one field goal at, at the end of a game. They got him a win. I can't remember which one. Oh, yeah. Pat's Pat's game in overtime, I think, was the... Yeah, and just like, yeah. I think between all that and then him basically being the only guy who's even in the strat, I guess, Mercedes Lewis, but he hasn't been with the team that long. <laughs> the only guy who's like even in the stratosphere of Rodgers' age, like right. all that thing where it's just like, yeah, we could do better than Mason, but we're not going to cut Mason right now. Yeah. Right. I think that's kind of where they were at. I'm yeah. I'm pretty convinced that they're gonna move on from him. Yeah. Let him let him right after the sunset. He can uh he can retire a Packer and uh and, and we can we can all move on and, and be happy about how things ended with him. Does Gehring and Stokes coming back do anything for you next year? Gary, yes. Um if Stokes coming back means that Douglas goes back to the slot, I will probably be pretty unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> there is the looming because they did practice Douglas at safety a couple times yeah. in the preseason when they had all those injuries. If you guys don't remember, they had a ton of safety injuries that just kind of clustered at the end of the preseason, which led to them signing all these guys. I don't know. That's a possibility. Yeah. I kind of yeah. think like they're. Uh, their best five in like a nickel spot next year, ideally, probably, right? Is like Stokes, Jaw, outside, Savage in the slot, Douglas at safety, and then insert, high draft pick. Yeah, insert <laughs> insert top sixty pick at yep. the other safety spot. I think is probably the way it works, but yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see, I guess. Um special teams. Pretty lame. Keyshawn, yeah. what, what's up? He had a rough day, and then he, yeah. you know, might have gotten concussed towards the end of the uh, end of the day. But um, he should still be the All Pro kick returner. I don't care what anybody says about anybody else. I know Naheem Hines had a yeah, he got had a good today. day today for Buffalo. I, I he's been good, um, and, but like today was his big day, and and yeah. I don't think that uh, that undoes the tremendous you know last like two months that Keyshawn had. So. We'll Sean Ryan, the... his suspension is done. Ooh. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Top 100 pick, Sean Ryan, uh, uh, buried on the depth chart. Yeah, the yep. Packers have 10 or 11 offensive linemen under contract yes. next year. Seems kind of crazy looking at it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Think I'm out of takes for now. <laughs> See what this team does. I mean, there has to be action in some sort of way. I guess keep an eye out for futures contracts, those things will happen pretty soon for teams that haven't um haven't made the playoffs. So futures contracts for those of you who don't know are like one year I think it's base minimum. Base minimum yeah. one year contracts for guys who are like on practice squads and stuff like that. That's basically how you fill out your 90 man roster before you know free agency and stuff like that happens. And then sh- surely um shortly but surely guys start getting released when signings happen and you know draft choices get made and stuff like that. So Keep an eye out for that. Those might give you hints on like who they're looking at it. Maybe tight end and safety and um, the kicker position. I mean, Ennis Gaines was a guy who signed, I think, a couple, I think two futures contracts with the Packers. Uh, Patrick Taylor was a guy who was like that. So, you know, some of these guys make an impact. Keep an eye out for that stuff. But yeah. outside of that, I don't, and the coaching stuff, I don't think we're going to get a ton of Packers news anytime soon. 
No. Yeah. I think, uh, if, if they make a change on Barry, like I said, I think that happens in the next couple of days. Um, and maybe we see a couple of position coaches change a little bit, but, um, we'll get a lot of postmortem stuff on Monday. I'm sure, um, you know, they'll do their usual press conferences and interviews in the, in the room with all the players and coaches and stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know how much change we really can can reasonably expect this season uh, or this off season. Um, they got to get better just, in the red zone. I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to break down the red zone stuff, I think in probably big posts and compare it to like the early LaFleur years and just see what they're doing different. Cause obviously it looks different, but I want to have like the numbers and the film and all that stuff to be able to show like, Hey, they're not using motion anymore. It's pretty dumb because <laughs> we used to be able to make Jalen Ramsey spaz out just because we <laughs> ran motion. Oh, that was fun. I remember those days. Those were fun. bring back, bring back Hackett. Yep, he's still getting paid by the Broncos. <laughs> he probably him, yeah. still has connections. His family probably would be happy to go back to Green Bay, right? His, his family knows the area. And, bring him and, back, slap an analyst tag on him. Exactly. Have him, him draw consultant. Yep. Yeah, have him draw. That's what Penn's doing in yep. uh, Minneapolis right now. Yep. Have him just draw up red zone plays. Yeah. Rogers likes him. Yeah. Seems like a very easy fix. Agreed. The right, Steno, yeah. I think, has fixed the run game, but mm-hmm. the red zone stuff has not been great under him. Yeah. All right. I got one last question for you before we go. Um, Wildcard weekend. What's the game that you're excited about watching just from pure entertainment value? Um, you know, if all of the chargers didn't get, just get hurt in a meaningless game, I would have yep. probably said Jacksonville chargers. Yep. Uh, boy, oh boy. I think the NF, the NFC first round sucks, dude. Yeah. I don't want to watch the bucks giants or Seahawks. Um, <laughs> I think, Dang, I, I think mean, is, is Lamar going to be healthy? If Lamar's healthy, Cincinnati, Baltimore, I think. But if not, yeah. it's Jacksonville Chargers. But, like, Mike Williams just went down, right? Um, yeah. Bosa I think I saw – I think hurt. I saw – I think I saw Williams was just, like, back spasms or something, and, and they're expecting him to be okay to go for, for next week, so – Maybe that helps, but yeah, that that was the one that uh, that I think I've got circled was Chargers Jaguars. That's uh, Saturday night, the the NBC game. Uh, so I don't want to harp on this again because people say I'm coping, but <laughs> and I genuinely mean this. I wouldn't care. The Packers weren't getting to make the playoffs. They lost to the Lions. It doesn't matter. The fact that we give automatics like automatic home games in the playoffs to division winners, so that a team like Tampa at eight and eight can sit Tom Brady and play Blaine Gabbert in the second half of the game. We're doing something embarrassing. We can, we can figure out the rules of the sport better. Yeah. We can reward winning in a, in a better way. I don't know. Well, that's all I got. Um, You can hear me this week. I don't know what the heck we're going to do. Cause I think it was branded as a run the table thing for ESPN, Wisconsin. Um, but I'm going to be on ESPN Wisconsin on Tuesday for an hour. Uh, I'm going to, I'll tweet it out. I think it's 1 PM central time. Um, going to be on there. We, I thought we were going to be talking about playoffs. Uh, maybe we're going to be talking about a new DC. I don't know. We'll see. Tuesday will be interesting. We'll see. It'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be fun. So, uh, I made the pun, Jeff black Monday earlier. <laughs> you finished one and seven with an 80 uh, an 80 point uh a negative 80 point point differential he's bad it's, it's what he exp- what 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 were, we, what were we supposed to expect out of jeff saturday fresh off a t- television booth oh my god it's a bad idea how, how do you how do you have a point differential like that in what like eight games and you won one yeah <laughs> he won the first one i think right yeah, that was like a crazy Raiders game, right? Oh, my God. Just baffling stuff ever since then. Just well, like and, dumb timeouts, changes of minds. Yeah. Well, and, and Lovey's already out in Houston because yep. he uh, lost. After them he the said number, he expects them, to be the head coach. Yeah, lost them the number one pick by coming 
you know, going for two and, and getting it against the Colts and you good know, for him finishing a half fuck game em. up on Chicago. So fuck him. <laughs> I appreciate that. Just saying, fuck it. <laughs> the hell are the tech like? Uh, all right, whatever. If Chicago, if Chicago's not going to take a quarterback, then it doesn't even matter. I don't understand. Yeah, you play to win the game. <laughs> oh, all man. right. I think that's a podcast. Go pack. That's up. a show. Go pack up.